good evening and welcome to Intentional Now Podcast, an engaging workshop discussion on change, purpose, and redefining what we say yes to. Is there anything in your life that you'd like to redefine the agreements that you made about it? Well, hello, I'm Kristen Wombeck and I am a spiritual entrepreneur. I chase bold dreams, I do the work, and I ask the questions, and I get life done. Done? What do you mean, Kristen? You know, the life we are meant to live. So together, let's do this. Hello. Welcome to my new listeners. Are you ready for this? We are just growing, guys. Get low to this, all right? Welcome listeners in Switzerland. Colombia, China, hello Portugal, South Africa, and Thailand. And of course, I want to thank you listeners here in the good old USA. And thank you listeners in Ireland, the UK, and France. Hey, that is a present in itself, isn't it? Oh my goodness. So many new listeners and I really appreciate and value that you have taken this time to spend time with me. Yeah, it's spending time with me and I greatly value it. So hit the download button, get your headphones out. If you're driving in the car, you've already downloaded and you're raring to go. So we're going to have a good time. So we are currently enjoying December podcasts. So around here, that means Christmas. They are both nostalgic, meaningful, but you know, we're heaven movers and we're moving forward, right? And I have so many things I want to share with you. And I was trying to figure out where do I begin. So get your questions rolling around in your brain because I'll hear them and we'll answer them today. Some of our takeaways are going to be, we're going to have an ascension into the watchmaker's room. That's a treasury room all about you. So remember what I've shared with you that heaven is living. Living. I'm going to be reading to you a testimonial from my book, and those use your imagination and just step in, hold Jesus's hand and just go and let him show you. Okay. There's also a free gift for patrons who subscribe. There's a patriotic story that totally shook the heavens and the earth and it shook my life. That's for sure. And there is plenty of encouragement. So today we're just going to Focus on Jesus and all of the resources that he has provided for us in the kingdom of heaven, both within, without, and that we in us, around us, and together, right? I have to think about, I usually say that in us, through us, in us, around us. Hmm. Okay, so my brain is ticking. A couple of reminders for you listeners and for you new ones. I have Coaching for Life 2022. It's taking signups currently, so make sure you get on board. 
Well, I got a few questions for you. Are you geared up and ready to meet the new year? To meet it with focus, self-confidence? Do you have a plan? Hooray for those of you who do have a plan. How is it coming along? Need a little motivation? A coach in your ear? Someone to help you get unstuck? And who do you know that has handy dandy tools at hand to help you with those things? Yep, that's me, Kristen Wombeck. <laughs> Coaching for Life 2022 coming to you live right where you live with easy Instagram access. And I'll leave the link in the description of today's episode. All right. Number two, this is so much fun. I have been currently building a 25 Advent Day calendar. Yep, we are right. Are we, let me see, day 16? We're past halfway. Oh my goodness. And every day we open another drawer. It could be spiritual, but there are some real goodies, motivational helps, free gifts, and of course, lots of Christmas. So you're more than welcome. I'm inviting you to join me on Instagram or on my website at kristenwombeck.com. It's easy to find the 25 Christmas Advent calendar and you will be blessed. Okay. And another ding, 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 ding. And for you decorating gurus. Yep. I invite you to my A Hint of Christmas on Instagram page. So I invite you right into our home here in Corvallis, Oregon, and you see all these things that I love, absolutely love to do, and they all tell stories. Yep, how I decorate for the Christmas, and it's so exciting, and I invite you there. You will find the link again in the description. And my very last announcements, dun da da <laughs> I'm going to save to surprise you somewhere in the episode. Yep. So buckle your seat belts, please. Ready? <laughs> Are you encouraged? I'm encouraged. I just sit down and I get ready to talk to you. And I'm encouraged because I can feel um, the energy or the presence of Holy Spirit. And it just changes the atmosphere. And you are very much a part of that. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, we started chapter 12, The Watchmaker, in the unfinished book. And yes, you can purchase a copy from any retailer or you can purchase a signed copy directly from me at my website. So remember how we queued it. Remember? Okay, I'm going to remind you of our episodes before. So chapter 12 the watchmaker. It cued with the thought, working on your believability episode. So make sure that you listen to that episode if you haven't already heard it. So remember I talk about how I tried to figure out Okay. I stepped ahead of myself. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hmm. Well, that just leads it right down the path of authenticity, huh? I even skipped by my own notes. Okay, so I cued you 
what if I didn't tell readers about my encounters, that they were real? That was something that I really wrestled with. Because remember, chapter 12 was actually my first chapter for a great deal of time in the unfinished book. And then, so what that does is it becomes fiction. Well, how does that change the book if it's fiction? And then I questioned the thought, what happens if I never used a scripture? I don't use a lot of them. And what happens if I didn't even use God's name, right? No reference at all. And so that's what the earlier episodes, I discussed it. And that's how we started this chapter. How would it change it? I think it makes it totally lukewarm. And how does it change the believability? Hmm. I think only you can actually answer that for yourself. But I definitely put some questions out there. And I talked about them, right? How would it change the book? So this particular chapter, I have read it and thought about it and and tried to figure out how I could split the chapter into episodes to share with you. But I just feel in my spirit that we're just supposed to dive in and I'm supposed to share the story and its containment. It has some amazing miracles in it. And so I encourage you, minimize your distractions. Let me take you there, okay? We invite Holy Spirit just to show us the way as we step in beyond the veil. We learn of Jesus and we just experience heaven, right? Remember, heaven is alive. So take notes if that helps you. Or what you can do is you can listen to this episode once. Then you can go back and take notes, right? So get your seatbelt on. Put your pilot's helmet on and turn on your speakers. Here we go. And for those of you who have a hardback or a paperback, I am starting today on page 149. Relax. Ah, That goes for me too. (laughs) And enjoy. Okay. Dear reader or dear listener. Our adventure is still not complete. I have shared many questions that wrestle my realities. Are you coming? Uh-huh. Are you, are you coming along? So a journey creates a returning path. So everything that I share or everything that Holy Spirit shares with you in your encounters to heaven creates a returning path. And that is one of the values of journaling things and writing them down is because it just imprints that path in the spirit that you have walked on and place that you've gone to with Jesus. Now, here I go. I am just doing a little teaching here. I jump right out of the book and teach. So when you experience a place, whether you have what we would call understanding of it. Because some places, it's like going into room and turning the light on. It takes a while for your eyes, your perceptions 
to perceive everything that God has for you in that environment. So when you journal it, it just helps you to retain and remember the encounter. So Jesus might explain it to you right away, or it might just be something that he's going to gradually um, speak with you about over a season, or there have been times where it's been many years when I, and then I come back to an encounter I have, and I remember it, I grab my notes, and it's like I can move in deeper. It's just wonderful. Okay. A journey creates a returning path. So grab this as an anchor if you desire. So everything that I share with you can be an anchor for your imagination. You go ahead and create the same picture that I share with you and then allow Jesus to change the canvas and make it personally yours. Take the film of my memory and deposit it in your imagination. Follow the master Jesus. He's taken me to this place prior times. And it reminds me of a galleria. A shop, a collection of shops in a downtown location. A journey that has many stories. There are large central staircase in the middle and I'm looking up. And it opens up under a spiritual glass ceiling. The wide stairs ascend made of white marble with ribbons of grays. The white corner posts are massive, square with moldings. It feels like an ancient structure that has been there for what my perception sees. I look around and there are many rooms or many shops but they're all the same size. Each one has a different yet unique door, some colored, some plain, some carved. All are so inviting. The one I'm taken to has French doors. I notice that there isn't anyone else around in the foyer or between the floors. Yet my spirit senses attendants are sitting in each one of the I'll call them shops. The first time I encountered this place or this room, just walking inside, it took my breath away. The small room was no bigger than a storefront. A small framed man was sitting at the back of the shop. He was working on a table. I melt each time I visit this lovely suite. It's stationed in the center and it lies, in the center of it lies a square baker's height table or cabinet. It's painted white wood with carved moldings, four drawers on each side. And hung above the cabinet, there is a piece of framed latticework for displaying. Hung above the cabinet, there is a piece of framed latticework for displaying laid and arranged with cream ribbons, white ribbons, draped antique laces, set on the countertop of the drawer case were different size bowls and marble urns, opened metallic boxes containing pearls, diamonds, and gems, all are sparkling clear. 
There were white on white and cream to creamy velvets and bows and hand-beaded things. Built into the far wall to the right of the entry from the floor to the ceiling were large drawers with beautifully painted words in cursive writing identifying the items within the drawers. No handles or knobs, just a slight cutaway handholds like an old flower bin. The room reminds me much of a ribbon shop or a millinery in the movie Pride and Prejudice, where the Bennett sisters ran into Mr. Wickham while shopping for rhythm, ribbons and notions for an upcoming ball at Netherfield Park. It felt like I had been there so many times before. So this crazy nook I found, it looked just like me. Everything in this shop was ideally suited for my likings. I touched things and I oohed and I awed over the white and the creamy textures, the satins and the velvets, the baubles and the blings with the uncanny notion that all this is about who I am. Jesus was standing there smiling, and he was so delighted that I was dumbfounded, caught in an eye candy dither. Every trim, every ribbon and sparkle, hand-picked for me. I didn't understand the purpose of this place, but it brought me great, great joy. Fully immersed in the room's delight, I recovered a bit of my focus and turned my attention to a small framed man sitting at the desk in the back corner of this little niche. He appeared dressed like a watchmaker. He had a white button-down shirt with sleeves, rolled above the elbows, looped around his neck a brown canvas waist-tied apron, heels caught on the footrail of his stool, and an eye loop cupped in his right eye. I couldn't make out the treasure on what he was working on. This watchmaker, he's oblivious to anyone in the room. He's so buried in his timepiece. Heaven is such a marvelous realm of awe. So can you imagine it? And some of you are already imagining your own. So did you ask yourself, Kristen, what about the watchmaker? Well, I finally did, and I was wondering what kept him so focused. I finally looked a little bit closer. I, taking my eyes away from all the beauties in the room, I must have noticed him at some point. My journal notes, they're just very unclear. I recall entering the watchmaker's room and walking over to the back corner workstation to get a close look at the trinket fashioned by this master of intricate movement. To my undoing, it wasn't a watch at all, but it was my crown. <laughs> the watchmaker's name is Kendrick. A surname with several origins, meaning royal, proud, 
bold power, a chief hero, a home ruler. The little details that move the heart by the authenticity of the mystical happenstance confirming the core of your hearing. Being in heaven is a constant seeking and inviting. It's questions I ask, what is a watchmaker doing making my crown? I think I'm learning something about myself in the artistry of writing. What it feels like to write for a king and relate from the looking glass of your heart. Only transparency will reflect his voice. Words with relationships offer assistance and revelations. Words without relationship. With the frequencies of his heart are subject to misinterpretation. I'm going to read that again. That was important. So words without relationship, without the frequencies of his heart, are subject to misinterpretation. As per the wrestling and confrontation I wrote about in this chapter introduction, I relish the path that collections of letters, rationally delicious words lead us on. I've discovered a crown. A crown is a reward, yes? And how do you pen the rewards of the war of the Lord? How do you pen that? How do you express a sentiment, a succession in kingdom authority? He intended and submitted his pen for my pen for writing from a position of humility. I am so on a learning curve here. In my limited experience with crowns outside of being in the spirit or in heaven, I've never worn one. I've tried one on once. Well, this surprises you, right? I did have three brothers, but I was never awarded a tiara through youthful celebrations like homecoming princess or in a pageant. Pom-poms, yes, crowns only with him. I do, however, like all that Princessy Cinderella or Mr. Darcy stuff. I am a hope-filled romantic, a Jane Austen groupie, and may I remind you that the watchmaker's room is set in a gallery of other suites, other crown rooms. Did you get that? It is in a gallery of other suites and other crown rooms. And shouldn't we ask ourselves what purpose the Lord intends for sharing something so intimate? Can we know who we are in him without personally experiencing the royalty he deems us belonging to? That's good, isn't it? Can we truly know him personally without experiencing the royalty he deems us belonging to? I have a new story to work through with you. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> oh, this one's a good one that continues to live it on. <laughs> and you know me, I always say another rabbit trail, but I always come back around. This last Friday, 
my younger brother Matt, texted me and urged me to drive our folks to the Salem airport for a fly-in, a cruise-in, our World War II reenactment in which he participates. My family has an odd obsession with old international trucks. Matt added to the niche with international World War II memorabilia, the big four-wheel kind, full military land and sea deployment. Tank ownership is in his dreams. <laughs> but he does have a half-track waiting for him in Virginia. <laughs> to our tale, okay? Well, I called my mom a world war, and my dad a World War II Korean War vet, encouraging their attendance and my willingness to be their escort. They declined from a view that their senior legs would not let them walk through the exhibits. Contemplating that I had been a while since I bestowed my sisterly attentions towards my younger brother, I mentally listed off my to-do list. The house was in order, my book manuscript was in the reflective mode, and my honey would have loved to attend. Sadly, this was Dawn's scheduled Saturday to work, but the day was arranging nicely. So I texted my brother back, yes, I'm coming. Matt's enthusiastic response was, um, you wouldn't have to have, happen to have a 1940s outfit laying around, would ya? Wanting me to look the part. Um, no, <laughs> I'll qu acquire a retro costume to go along with my rent-a-cowgirl votes. I wear once a year to attend your rodeo galas. <laughs> My brother Matt is a rodeo stockman. Yes, I have a very colorful family. This Saturday adventure was going to be my first time visiting his World War II hobby on display. From what I understand, this was a modest-sized grouping of reenactors supporting a local aeronautics museum fundraiser, Warbirds Over the West. You can actually stick that in Google, and it'll get you to that um, website ASAP. That's Warbirds Over the West. The big public draw attending the fly-in this year was a P-51 Mustang and a P-38 Lightning. At this point, I was only familiar with the planes from stories shared about Don's uncle, Harry Dowd, who flew a P-38 and went down over Africa. He is in my youngest son's, he is my youngest son's middle namesake, Harry. Okay, okay, so here we go. I'm up early to meet my brother Matt at 7 a.m. Rain is in the forecast, catching us up on our colder than Oregon springtime. I have a golf umbrella in hand, boots, lined trench coat, and extra layers. We arrive at the hospitality of a pancake breakfast inside the B-17 museum hangar. It was an onslaught of introductions to Matt's collecting friends. 
Earlier, I had thanked the Lord for his goodness, asked his blessing on the day, had a few words regarding the weather, and I'll keep my eyes open for a particular Holy Spirit moment. Yeah, you always got to set, you know, Holy Spirit, what is up for the day, right? <laughs> so, Matt's World War II collection, a Jeep, a duck, a couple of large international haulers called H5s were lined up in a row. His faithful herding dogs on hospitality duty with Binder, Matt's dog, stealing the show in his olive green sergeant's shirt. He was situated behind Matt's display are the hardcore reenactors with their military city setup. Yep, tents, flagpoles, cots, bedding, baseball mitts, playing radio, supply tents, and gear. Authentic signs, medallions, and badges, including their entire history was well portrayed with girlfriends dressed as Rosie the Riddier. Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> For if you want to see pictures of that day, you can go into my website. It says unfinished book and then it says chapter. You go to chapter 12 and there are pictures there for you to see it. It's wonderful. Okay. I very much enjoyed spreading my wings in this environment outside of my area of influence. To set a distinctive mark on the day, I purposed to collect pictures and thoughts for a blog post later. What would be my bent? for this assignment. Yep, I was just setting my thoughts out there. This is an assignment. I'm going to learn something new today. There wasn't any way being a novice, I could represent the detail of the memorabilia around me. So I watched people and I listened to their stories, their mixed emotions, memories from an era past. Veterans showed up at the show and presented an excellent representation. They would point out an accessory and they tell their family a story from their active service past. Their faces would light up as if recounting their duty roster from yesteryear involving an individual vehicle, a token of remembrance. Somehow they hid the pain and the loss that was etched in them. Dads and sons of all ages Husbands informing their wives that this bulbous yellow distressed international heap is a true find. <laughs> In between rain threats, Matt displayed his 50 cal gun standing proud like a headache rack on a lifted 4x4 truck. Okay, do I need to explain to you guys what a headache rack is on a 4x4 truck? So a 4x4 truck if you are um, a cowboy bent uh, western, is of course a four-wheel truck that's been lifted to an extent. And a headache rat goes behind the cab and it's actually there so that when you have a load or a large, um, a large um, load of hay, that if you were to have to stop quickly, it wouldn't go through the back window or smush the cab. That is what headache rack is today. <laughs> Moving on. So 
drool gathered on the lips of these good old boy crowd people and the veterans just loved it. They absolutely loved it. An impressive piece of memorabilia. Well, the clouds accumulated in the sky. Weather threatened to pour down. Prayer said, and I looked at it and said, don't you dare. It took a moment just to ponder the spiritual atmosphere. Yep, that's the fun part of having eyes that see and ears that hear. You can just tune in and it's just like this entire different classroom. The atmosphere cracked. And in the sky, just over the tarmac, lightning flashed, marking out an electric line drawing three quarters of a window square. It had my attention. I looked around to see if any other response came from the crowd. Not that I could see. I stood alone and I leaned into unpacking this mysterious outburst. Then I heard the angel say, Amsterdam. Oh, his name was Amsterdam. Quickly, I had an aha moment with the introduction to the angel of this plane. Of course, there are angels assigned to aircraft. Duh, Kristen. So like Myrna is my house angel, and I'm ever learning what a thoughtful and protecting practical father God is. Of course, there are angels with airplanes. <laughs> okay. So the P-51 Mustang and the P-38 Lightning waited patiently on the tarmac for their aerial shows. I tried to watch the people nonchalantly. And I took pictures of people taking pictures of their sons or Rosie the Riveters sporting poses on the wing. I was strolling around and I took the liberty to stand with my head inside the P-38 landing gear wheel well. I winked back at the painted Latin beauty nose art highlighted tangerine. So nose art is, remember when the pilots used to paint on the nose of the airplane? Kind of their theme or the things that they like back in that time. That's what nose art is. So on that particular, in this PC-8, it was named Tangerine. So that comes from a song chart in 1941 written by Johnny Mercer and Victor Schnetzinger. So you have to see the whole lyrics, and I highlighted the song in the blog post and everything. Okay, so people were breathless in the company of these old and rare man-made birds. It is just amazing. If you have an opportunity to go to a fly-in, a cruise-in, uh, any type of a reenactment, you are in for a treat. So I listened to my nephew's tale of admiration of this World War II glamoured hero, feeling a bit like I was the wrong member of the Wombat family to be in this show. Here I was, when it should have been my husband, looking at this restored bird that had his uncle had valiantly fought with and died in just a few days past June 6th, 
D-Day, a day that the Lord had marked twice with a special visitation to me. He must be up to something, hmm, you think? So the day ticked on as the afternoon rounded on the clock. Morning fly-by video on my phone, my feet and my tummy were desiring a break. I had asked Don to pack me a cab chair so that I wouldn't have to stand all day. When I mentioned bringing it along, my, ba- my brother's body language said, Unheard of. I don't think so. As I discovered later, unpacked from the truck were two appropriate period wood folding chairs. Oh my, two sides of that kind of detail, huh? And then it's fair food. (laughs) It was a welcome treat and I ate the foot-long corn dog happily, but I passed on the free coupon for the elephant ears, smelling their cinnamon dumbo ear breeze all day long. I love elephant ears. What's an elephant ears? It's twice the size of two of your hands put together. It's pastry, um, like puff pastry, and they deep fry it, and then they toss it in cinnamon and sugar. It's wonderful. So when passersby looked interested in the Jeep, I was standing there helping my brother. I could tell a simple story from my dad's army company because on this Jeep was painted the decal angel for the 11th Airborne, the 127th Combat Engineers, okay? And the only unit to air jump into occupied Japan ever. Yep, that was my dad's unit. He was part of that unit, the only one to ever jump into occupied Japan. A fun day to be incognito. Yep, I had my spiritual eyes on and my spiritual ears on. My heart was just delighted and uh, nobody knew what I was doing. It was fun. I was just a sister resting in the Lord's goodness. Planes were queuing up for the afternoon show and my nephew and his wife corralled a space along the runway fence. It was a spectacular display with a backdrop of painted blue skies and billowy clouds. Never saw any more manifestations of lightning. It was pure showmanship in the air. I was surprised how hushed the prop engines were on the P-838, and later I read about it. It's stealth reconnaissance account. Planes landed, and they chalked their tires. Thomas, my nephew, Matt's son, and I gathered at the P-38 nose like groupies to watch the pilot dismount his craft, answering questions and inviting a few specific guests on board. People got into the follower setting and stepped out, lacking patience. Yeah, some people go stand in a line, but they lose their patience. So, Those of us hardcore, yep, I'm in there, waited to see what opportunity might favor us. The pilot crawled out and he remained on the wing and a fit senior man was waved aboard as I corralled along with the men. Yep, the only female on deck here. So I spotted this mature individual climbing up an offered ladder. Rumors on the ground were that this dad 
had been a his dad had been a P-38 pilot. A well-deserving hush came over the intimate crowd as we watched him ascend the plane and descend in the cockpit. Pilot Brent answered questions and flanked a young father to allow his two early grammar school sons onto the wings. They wiggled and they asked questions as dad took pictures. I took pictures of the dad taking pictures of a momentous mark in their family history. Our senior invitee was still buried in the cockpit within his thoughts. Hmm. I noticed in the cockpit groupie didn't seem to have anyone in the crowd noting his auspicious moment. So I asked one of the guys to hand up my phone to the pilot to capture the moment. Now I was committed to wait so I could exchange contact info with this senior man and forward him his photo. So did you get that? So I noticed there wasn't anybody taking pictures of him while he was in sitting in the cockpit. And so I sent my phone up, handed it to the pilot, and he went over and snapped some um, photos. So something in me just warmed. He was having a spiritual moment. I just knew it. Because remember, his dad, his father, had been a P-38 pilot. He finally came out, and after being flagged to come up, my nephew went on board. Gathering myself towards this kindly senior, he had tears still in his eyes. I boldly introduced myself, shared that I had his picture on my phone, and then I asked a very personal question. You had a spiritual moment up there, didn't you? He nodded, and he began to share that he felt like his dad, the formal P-38 pilot, was right there with him. Knowing this was a divine moment, surprised again. Father God, me of all people to choose from, that I could respond in a heavenly language with grinning experience. Yes, the cloud of witnesses is closer than we think. My new friend John, that's the senior man, stood to agree still captured in the amazement. John began to ask me questions about how he perceived the experience he had just encountered. We were kindred spirits from that day, right from the get-go. The dust settled and the crowd dissipated. Thomas, my nephew, stepped out of the cockpit. In glory, he was grinning from ear to ear, and he joined me, delighted to be a part of this small group watching the pilot. Brett, the pilot, was combing his thought with the end of the display around the corner. His attention stopped, noticing I was still entertaining the enthusiasts. He asked if anyone else wanted to come up. My hand leaped airborne. He answered with a gentle, that's you, hand gesture. And next, I was climbing the ladder to the wing to access the cockpit. Yep. Funny enough, I felt like I was cheating something, somebody out on the opportunity who actually deserved such great Grace, here I was, out of my element, given a once-in-a-lifetime chance to fathom aeronautical defense. 
I tried to rush the moment and Brett said, no, 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 no hurry. And then I sat there and I go, well, what does one inquire about in the faces of gauges and gadgets and large foot pedals? Funny, my redemptive gifts kicked in. I asked, hey, which one are the triggers and which one are the bombs? <laughs> that made him laugh. I about asked about his flying career and he looked at the different sized guns straight ahead. Mere stainless steel plaques on each side to see the landing gear situated and the generous smile from my host. I was beginning to feel like a hero of sorts. Pictures were taken. Texted and Facebook names of new friends exchanged. Evening had come. It was a day that I needed to talk to Papa God about. It was brilliant. <laughs> and we have only just begun. <laughs> oh my, we're in 44 minutes. Well, I think I'm going to have to break it there because otherwise you go, I heard you, no, 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 don't break it. <laughs> well, I'm going to break it right here because now you've heard about the day and you haven't heard yet of what I'm going to question and ask God about which more miracles happen in that. It was an absolutely phenomenal day. Yes, I will back to back. I will go and do the rest of this, um, this uh, story to you because I know I love telling it and every time I tell it, it just opens up heaven in a fresh new way to me. And it's really exciting. So just hold you on wings and bells and whistles, right? Just hold that there. Because that's the great thing about our relationship is it's like a good book. You Sometimes you just have to close it and you're so excited to read uh, the next chapter to find out what happened and so that's what's happening with this. I get to say, what happened? You're going to have to wait a little bit. <laughs> it makes um, this December even that more nostalgic, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so you hop over to my website and look at the pictures of me sitting in that P-38, okay? It was so much fun. <laughs> and remember, I said I had one more thing I wanted to share with you. I, yes. I would love to welcome all my listeners to Patron. It is a subscription app. And as its name suggests, a patron is loosely modeled on the arts of patronage system of the Renaissance, which produces masterworks like Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel. So a patron that is you, is a membership platform. It's where my listeners can have a subscription in exchange for exclusive content, a community, and stuff like that. Even um, swag stuff. So I've created three tier levels dependent on your level of I'm totally in Kristen. <laughs> your direct support fuels my ability to continue to bring you great content about heaven and share with you on a more personalized platform. It's your way of supporting creatives like me 
and I am inviting you on board. Yep, yep. So one of the intimate details in my advent calendar was, I want you to go listen to, I want you to go to read in day 11 and it's called A Wing and a Prayer. So now you know my experience from this particular episode, how day 11, a wing and a prayer had just gone from heaven to earth and how it's continued to build in my heart, right? Ah, And it's great and it's a festive blog. So if none of you are familiar with that particular expression on a wing and a prayer, It is known widely and it describes doing something under extremely difficult or disadvantageous circumstances and you're hoping with sheer luck, determination, or that God will allow its success. So during World War II, when the phrase became part of the English language, it had a literal, that was its literal application. It referred to Allied men flying back to their bases in damaged planes, hoping and praying that they'd make it on a wing and a prayer, right? (laughs) And I have something special for you that ties all of this together and my next episode from the unfinished book. Now you know where all this came from and why I wrote about it and what I learned about in the spirit. I love how God makes things so tangible and so real and life application. And now we're talking about this amazing history. So I also made a note card, this special note card that my husband Don. So he purchased me when I encountered this particular airplane. He gave me a set of original World War II sweetheart wings. So being a creative, it kind of blankets a whole bunch of areas in my life. And so I heard Holy Spirit. I went, that is totally a great idea. And for you, those of you who sign up today with Patron, I will send you a free instant download of that note card, Sweetheart Wings. Yep. And I already made that particular post. It's there sitting there waiting for you. And I so appreciate you signing up. We'll get ready. We'll get going and you'll have your sweetheart wings card and that is my picture of absolutely the story that I'm telling you here today. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love I love fiction stories that turn nonfiction. Yes, I I love it when the imagination, the creativity of the imagination, that's why I'm so possessed with heaven, is that it's all there for us to experience. Again, like last week, right? My hundred diamond story. Did you love that? (laughs) Now you know what makes me tick, right? So jump on board. I think it makes you tick too. (laughs) It is so much fun. So let me take one question before we finish up today. You are encouraged, right? 
and I told you it was going to be a good story and you haven't even heard the end of it yet. Ah, isn't that what they call a teaser? Yes, 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 yes. It's going to be so good. So much fun. And in December, it's just really good to remember and to talk about heroes, right? Because we're heroes of our generation, right? <laughs> All right. I'm going to take a moment here and I'm going to pause. And, um, uh-huh. Yeah, I hear a question. Mm-hmm. That didn't take much time. I heard a question about the cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of you, well, I'd say a big portion of you out there have had a family member that, um, was in military service in your country. And it's so true. Um, they, they are so close to you and, oh my gosh, I could tell you stories. <laughs> the cloud of witnesses is just awesome. Your family members and people that are assigned to you to encourage you, to help you, to outwork your destiny scroll are so close there to help you. So yes, you can speak and talk to people in the cloud of witnesses. Okay, I heard that question. How is that different than like psychics or medium that supposedly talk to the dead? Let me put that in perspective here. So are all of your relatives and loved ones that are in heaven, are they dead? Nope, they are not. They are totally alive. Because remember, we died in Christ and he died as us. So there was our death, right? So they are totally not. They are totally living. They are totally living. And of course, I always say to you, what is the most important thing to you to go ask Jesus? Go ask Jesus about the cloud of witnesses. Go ask Jesus if there's somebody that you would like to meet um, and ask him. And then trust him that in the right time, the right place, and when you're ready, I was going to say when you're mature enough, because... No, but it's more of a ready so that there's a timing so that when you're introduced to them and you have that conversation, that the timing into your life, it just encourages you. It helps you move forward. Yeah. And yes, you can have dreams and visions with the cloud of witnesses as well. It's very encouraging. And I'm kind of out of time here. And that's not necessarily our subject matter today. But yes, we're all so very curious about it. It is absolutely wonderful. So there, I answered your question there. You have an absolutely blessed day. I enjoyed this being more of a story time for us. And yeah, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to back to back and... um do this other episode so you can hear the rest of the story. So much fun. Yes. 
So read this description. I will have all the links that I talked about there for you. So it's easy access. Again, I appreciate you listening. Welcome to my new listeners. Um, we didn't ask a whole lot of questions today, but boy, do we, don't we guys? We ask a lot of questions and it's always fun. I bless you this December, this Christmas festive evening. You have a great day and yep, we're going to talk again real soon, aren't we? I can tell you, hurry up, Kristen, and do the next episode. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say good night from Intentional Now Podcast, and I'll talk to you again real soon. Bye.